Undroppables Playbook, a football podcast. With your hosts, Ashley and Mike, please sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Undroppables Playbook, a football podcast presented by the Undroppables, sponsored by Analyst Depot. I'm your host, Ashley. This is my lovely co-host, Michael Duncan. How are you tonight? I'm good. Uh, just finished a uh, work league fantasy draft. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I don't lose. Who do you have on that team? Uh, my first pick was Justin Jefferson. I have Josh Jacobs, Kenneth Walker. Uh, I forget who else. I love redraft. I waited forever for tight end, though. Yeah, I love who was your your first pick? Like, who'd you pick? Uh, is it bad that I can't remember? It should be. That just tells me you did wait long. Yeah, hold on. Let me see if I can find out. While I do that, I'm just gonna say how much I love redraft season. I only got into Dynasty, what, like two years ago now? Um, and I, but I've always been a redraft girly. Love, love, love redraft. Is it sexist if I say I just, I hate that term, a blank girly? I just don't like it. I just don't like it. I don't think it's a sexist thing. I just really don't enjoy it. Oh, I drafted Chig Aconqua. He's my starting tight end. Okay. We, he was, he was in my, um, season two breakout candidate. I mean, I like him. Yeah. Kind of wish he wasn't my starting tight end, but <laughs> Daniel Jones is also my starting quarterback. So I waited very long on both. Don't hate that. Yeah. I like that better than Chigakonkwa, at least. Yeah. I do like that better. Definitely. It's fine. Um, well, let's get started. Today's main story, our main segment, I should say, is going to be about the NFL, NFC storylines in the NFL this season. Uh, but let's get started with some news first, some big ones. Baker Mayfield is the Buccaneers QB one. Kyle Trask will be QB two. How do you feel Wait, about that? Hold on. I need to I need to get something off my chest real quick. I know yeah. I'm just veering directly off track. But the first overall pick in this league was Bijan Robinson. <laughs> and that's fine. Whatever. I, I couldn't care less. Uh but this man, my coworker, Jamie, um, or mm-hmm. I, I maybe I shouldn't say his name. Oh well, it's too late now. Um, technically I work with multiple Jamie's, so it's fine. Okay. Um, he pronounced it by Jan, by Jan Robinson. And wow. he said it and I was legitimately like, who did he just take? Cause he only said by Jan. And I was like, wait, what? what? <laughs> I, I was sitting there just trying to figure out who on earth he was talking about. And then after like three picks, I was like, Oh, Bijan. <laughs> and then the woman next to me was like oh like the mustard i was like yeah he actually has his own mustard now so i really felt like i was in an episode of the league all of a sudden for like a five minute stretch there but i need to get that off my chest (laughs) that like you're the only one sitting there like like contemplating this in your head yeah no one else gonna say anything (laughs) everyone just accepted by jan robinson and i was like who are we saying bye to who is jan anyway sorry you started talking about news i did um and you asked my opinion and then i (laughs) i didn't Kyle Trask, QB2, Baker Mayfield, QB1. Yeah, I mean, that's what always was going to happen. I'm not shocked. Uh, We'll see if he lasts the whole season. Probably not. But, I mean, this tells me everything I need to know about Kyle Trask. If they actually had any faith in him, he would be starting over Baker Mayfield. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yeah, it's going to be a crap show. But at the same time, I don't know, maybe maybe Baker finds some of that magic he had like five seasons Mm -hmm. ago. Yeah. Where do you think this – and it was like way early, but where do you think this puts them in drafting a quarterback? Yes. Contention for next season. Yes. Yes. Okay. They will be a bad team and mm-hmm. they don't have a different answer at quarterback. So I would draft one unless Tom Brady comes out of retirement. Yeah. Again. Again. Um, Corey Davis is retiring. Yeah, that's wide receiver. That was, he is 28. I'm just going to pull up the statement that he put out today real quick. Um, he said for some time now, I've been contemplating stepping away from the sport of football. This decision has not been easy. I am a deep person. I, but I am a man of few words. I've been searching my heart for what to do. And I feel stepping away from the game is best is the best, best path for me at this time. 
I have more blessings than I could have ever imagined. I have an amazing family, a beautiful wife, and two healthy children that I look forward to spending more time with. I am truly grateful for all the opportunities I have had and will continue to have on my journey. Thank you to my family and friends at the Jets organization for supporting me through this process. Out of the blue. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's interesting because I was – so on a much smaller note, it happened with uh, – Miles Jack on the Eagles uh, mm -hmm. retired after the Eagles signed him. Obviously, very different situation the other team, but um, you know, sometimes these guys they kind of see it coming by the way that the depth chart is landing out. Maybe they're mm -hmm. going to cut, and they're just like, "Yeah, it's time." Um, yeah. So now is actually like it feels weird because the season's already sort of started, mm -hmm. but now is definitely a time when I think guys really start to have the realization of like, "I don't want to do this anymore." Because yeah. you're in the rows of camp, you're in the heat of it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why you've got guys like Nadama Kinsu that are just like, yeah, I'll be around in week eight. I'm mm -hmm. going to see who's going to win a ring, and then I'll go there. Yeah. Yep. He is officially on the retired slash reserve list. Uh, the Jets placed him there this morning. It's tough. I mean, when you see a team where you're falling down the depth chart a bit, and you're getting older, it's do I still put my body at risk? Do I still put my brain at risk um, to you know, to do this? Or do I go spend time with family? I respect everyone's decision, no matter which way you go. Um, I think everyone else should, but if that's what Corey Davis feels best, then I'm very happy for him and excited to see what he has in the future for, for yeah. his life. Good for him. Um, and then the biggest news, in my opinion, of the past few days is that Jonathan Taylor has been given a deadline by the Colts of Tuesday to find a trade partner. Apparently six teams have inquired and two have put offers in to the Colts organization, but he has now less than a week to get that completed. Otherwise they're just not going to trade him. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a smart move. It's sort of like what the giants did with Saquon where they said, all right, go figure out what your value is. Yep. And Saquon came back like that dog that did something they weren't supposed to. Mm -hmm. And they realized their mistake and they come back with their tail between their legs. And he's like, all right, I'm going to take an extra million on top of the mm -hmm. thing because no one wants, not that no one wants me, but mm -hmm. it's just the market. The market the wasn't is. there. Yeah, yeah. And the market wasn't there. Um, I saw a tweet that was like, the giants have the, have the chance to do the funniest thing ever. Um, oh, and trade but, for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> I think that, like if we're ever. ranking, if we're ranking funny situations, mm -hmm. I'm not even sure Giants is top five. There's a lot of Lions really is way up there. Lions would be great. So the funny. Niners would be number one. That would be me. so funny. You just traded like 18 picks for Christian McCaffrey. Oh, I would love it. <laughs> so funny. Um, I would hate the Lions though. I I, I already hate. Them. I know you would. I know you um, would. No. Um, but that, those are the funny choices. You and I were chatting once the news came out that he was able to seek a trade on where we think potential landing spots would be. My big ones were the biggest one, the Dolphins, and that seemed to be a lot of people's consensus. Um, they have a disgusting running back room. So, you know, with keeping in mind that I'm, he wants to probably go to a team where he could win and also play a bunch i think for me that's the number one landing spot for him what do you think yeah i mean i think it's the most likely for sure um i think it's it's a mix of a lot of things which is including their willingness to i think pay running backs the willingness mm -hmm. to part with um resources to get the running back mm -hmm. uh just you know the kind of vibe you get from the team they just it feels like it makes sense because of the lack mm -hmm. of you know depth on the roster uh maybe not lack of depth but lack, lack of a clear-cut starter um i think if it's not them i mean you we, said an interesting one what did i say i i, I forget i think you said the cowboys oh uh, did i you said dallas was a sleeper option for you oh then I agree with myself uh, because I think that's a good, I think that's a good option. Yeah. It wouldn't shock me. I, it's a very Jerry Jones thing to do. Um, he's not opposed to paying running backs. Uh, Tony Pollard's on a one-year deal and he's never had a huge workload. And I think the, I mean, Mike McCarthy keeps talking about how he wants to run the ball and run the ball and run the ball. And Tony Pollard's not really built for that. And guess what? Neither is Deuce Vaughn um, all two feet of him. So like, I don't know. It would make sense. If it happened, I'd be like, yeah, it's dumb, but it makes sense. 
And I have one more question for you because I ne actually never asked you over text. So sure. I had said that Denver was in my mind as an option, and you said that would surprise you. I want to know why. Um, I mean, I don't have a good reason. I think the thing is, is like I think most teams would surprise me. Mm -hmm. I just don't think that Denver is in the position where they're like, yeah, we're running back away. Um, mm -hmm. I think Sean Payton is more aware than that. Um, they have Javante Williams. He's coming off an injury. They have like 18 wide receivers that they're not sure about. Like I just, they feel too in flux to me okay. where you look at the dolphins, you look at the Cowboys and the owner the GM, the coach could say, we're one star player away from really being in competition. Yeah. Um, and I and think both of those divisions play. are going to be separated by one, two yeah. wins. Like both of yeah. those divisions at the top are going to be separated by just a few, could be separated by just a few wins. So I, I get that. I get that. I just didn't, I never asked you why over text message. So I wanted to know. And I will say people are going to talk about the Eagles doing it until it <laughs> happens somewhere else. Like I, I'm not saying whether or not I think it's going to happen. I mm -hmm. hope it doesn't. Yes, it's the, it's exactly how I feel, felt about Bijan Robinson, where mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, once he's on my team, I'll be sitting there like, oh, this is Madden. Then mm -hmm. okay, this is a cheat code. Yeah. But the reality of it is, me going, I don't want to pay a running back. Yeah. And if you're trading for him on the last year of his deal, you're going to have to pay him. That's going to be part of all of this arithmetic. So, yep. um, but yeah. Yeah. How he has extra picks and yep. how he makes trades and. I'm seeing a ton of reports that the Eagles are among the most aggressive suitors and making offers and whatnot. And I would at also, least consider them one of the six. I'm not saying yeah. the two, but at least yeah. one of the six. And not to mention that they are the Colts have been in Philly since Tuesday. They had joint practices with yes. them on Tuesday. It gives them the face Eagles to play face them time. tomorrow. Howie Roseman could sit down with Jim Irsay and whoever they're GM is whose name is escaping me that you could sit down with them in person and talk this out. So that makes it, I think a little closer to reality, but again, I, people are going to talk about Howie Roseman in the existence of any person that's talking about being traded until it doesn't happen. So, yep. Um, and then last bit of news, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit later on, but the Niners officially named Sam Darnold as their backup. Yep. They did not in tandem with that, give us a QB one, but it seems to be Brock Purdy putting Trey Lance on the trade block. Um, nothing like suitable, but a lot of like the NFL insiders are starting to bring up their, you know, draft grades again of, of Trey Lance and, and talking a lot more about Trey Lance's availability to be traded. So that's something to keep an eye on. And I'm sure something one of us will talk about when we approach the Niners later. Agreed. Okay, so let's get into it. NFC storylines for the 2023 season. We will start with the wonderful NFC South. So much talent. Woo. They Yay. all suck. Probably. All right. Where where are you looking on the Falcons? Yeah, it's Bijan Robinson. Um, I think there's a lot of interesting, young, uh, talented offensive players, and their defense has gotten a pretty big makeover in recent years with big name free agents, and also like guys like AJ Terrell that are really just kind of stepping up and you know becoming star-ish players. Um, but I just I'm so intrigued to see what happens with Bijan Robinson, currently the third running back on their depth chart. Um, obviously, that's stupid, but that's what it is right now. But in this climate of not paying running backs and not drafting them high, Bijan Robinson goes eighth overall, and it's like, mm -hmm. what's gonna happen with that? Uh, is it gonna look worth it? Is they are they gonna look smart? It's you know, obviously this is the guy that had no problem giving Derrick Henry three hundred carries. So I'm I was just, just gonna say I love yeah. that offense. Like I, I'm just intrigued to see how he looks, but also more so just how it might affect uh, the running back climate as a whole. Mm -hmm. And for me, mine is Kyle Pitts. Can he take the next step forward? Um, his career stats are nothing to call home about. And I think a lot of it is going to rely on the progression of Desmond Ritter and the team as a whole, but um, you know, 96 receptions, three touchdowns in his career. I know that rookie tight ends often have, 
you know, tight ends who were drafted and go into the NFL often have an adjustment period, but I'm wondering how long his adjustment period is and if we can finally start to see the Kyle Pitts that he once was. I don't like you saying that he once was. Well, you know what I, I mean. Like, no, that makes him sound like he's like 90 years old. He's not. He's, I'm not saying like he's, he's coming washed, off of like a but... torn ACL. Like, no, but... the, I mean, it's more. It's more so the Kyle Pitts that we we were expecting. I yeah, feel okay. like there you go. That, that, again, I just I, I think I know what you mean, but I don't want yeah. you to misrepresent yourself. Yeah. No. Uh, the, what? How the way you said it is like the Kyle Pitts we expected him to be. There you yes. go. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's why All I'm right. here. Thank you. And uh, the Buccaneers for you. Oh, very about? easy. Will Mike Evans get to a thousand yards? He's done it <laughs> nine straight seasons. I want to know if he's going to do it for 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, it's like this ever, it's been an everlasting question for like mm-hmm. the last like four years. Not so much as much when uh, Tom Brady was around, but like yeah. his first year, I believe he did it with Mike Glennon. Um, so like, he's no stranger to bad quarterbacks and he's still done it, but he's not young like mm-hmm. he was when Mike Glennon was tossing him the rock. So yeah, yeah. I'm just intrigued. Like, I don't think they have much else to play for. Just yep. play for getting Mike Evans a thousand yards. Yeah, that's it. That's fine Feed with me. Yeah. yeah, I don't care. Mine is basically the same. I'm just looking to see where the production levels of Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are throughout the season. I mean, I don't have much else to add with that, but but with Baker Mayfield as a quarterback, I'm just looking at their few stars left on that roster. God, that team sucks. <laughs> it's so bad. And it's just not the only good. Th- Actually, no, I changed my answer. The only exciting mm-hmm. thing is the creamsicles. Oh. So I'm excited to see the creamsicles. That's my yes. new answer. Yes. I love. I that. say while wearing a Kelly green jersey. Um, Panthers. Your you views. go ahead. Me, Bryce Young. Yeah. I got the correct quarterback and just for you. Is, is that why you let me go first? <laughs> is He's that why you let me go first? No, I know who is on what team. <laughs> I don't know which one is short. But it's Bryce Young. I know that now. It is Bryce Young. I'm figuring Tiny it out. little Bryce Young. Um, I'm just really excited to see him in the NFL. Uh, this is like a fan pick for me. I, I'm an Alabama fan. I'm just really excited to see him in the NFL and see where he holds up against all of the criticism. Uh, that was, I mean, he he went one overall. But I'm just talking about like, you know, how how his size is going to affect him, how his arm's going to affect him. I'm just curious to see how he lives up to that. Uh, um, yeah, I'm just, there's not a lot of, crazy talent on that roster, but I'm just excited to see him play in the NFL. Yeah. For me, it's uh, kind of in the same vein, but it's Frank Reich. Um, Mm -hmm. He got away from Indy. He got fired, immediately got a head coaching job again. Immediately. Um, And he, for the first time since Andrew Luck has what they think is a franchise quarterback that isn't 40 years old. So I don't know. I like Frank Reich a lot. I think that he was the scapegoat in Indy. Mm-hmm. And I'm just excited to see him with a young, moldable quarterback. Uh, and I'm just excited to see what that team does, because I think they might be the most likely in this division to surprise people. Yep. Um, not saying I'm expecting it, but like comparatively to expectations, they would be the one that I would bet on to surprise people. And I think Frank Reich is a big part of that because he did a lot in Indy with not a lot to work with. For yeah, and I think you years. phrasing him as like as like a young moldable quarterback is huge right like he Bryce Young has shown like he is he's very adaptable so I'm just curious to see how they style the offense around him and how much they're gonna try like how many different things they're gonna try throughout the season and I think that's what I'm really excited for I agree I agree um and now finally the New Orleans Saints yeah, we don't. We haven't had one of those in a while. Where we're both expecting the other one <laughs> like to talk. Was, so that's we were wow. due for one. Yeah, um, the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe. Yeah, I saw what yours was, so I won't uh, do the same thing. But uh, Michael Thomas, I just he intrigues me. Um, he's an enigma of a person uh, because he's just really weird all the time, and he tweets weird things and. He may or may not have been trying to get off the team for the last five years. It is completely unclear to me whether or not that is accurate. Um, but he's been perpetually injured for like since he was really, really good. Um, and he was so awesome to start his career with like four straight seasons of, you know, just really, really good production. Um, and it's just it's been all downhill from then. And he just he's never been healthy. And I feel like now that we're all not expecting him ever to be healthy again, 
uh, maybe he will be. Uh, I feel like this is the healthiest he's been going into a season in like three years, maybe. Uh, and they have Chris Olave, which is probably only going to help him. So I don't know. I'm just very intrigued to see what happens with uh, Michael Thomas and uh, whether or not maybe that Saints offense can turn it around. Yeah, and I think a key piece of that is Derek Carr. And I'm not saying he's a great quarterback. Like, I, he's good. He's a good quarterback. Um, but he's the best one in this division, I think, as yep. of right now. Um, could change by the end of the season. But we, you were talking last week or two weeks ago about how he may look like a Super Bowl contender when playing against the other teams from this division. And yep. that's stuck with me. And I think about it a lot now that, like, he really could look absolutely stellar. I mean, he has a fairly good cast surrounding him. I'm excited to see what he does with Juwan Johnson. Um, it, with Chris Olave, if Michael Thomas comes back, and obviously the uh, Alvin Kamara has a three-game suspension. I don't think we ever mentioned that, but he has a three-game suspension. He got suspension. suspended for three games. Yes. So, you know, that's the first three games. But but it is a it, it has talent. It's not like the roster is completely devoid of talent. I'm just excited to see Derek Carr interact with that and see if he can live up to being the best quarterback in this division. I agree. Yeah, no, it's, it's all very fair. Yeah. Um, I want to go first for the NFC West. Okay. I don't care if you have the same one. We uh, the Arizona Cardinals, <laughs> it's simply Jonathan Gannon. Um, I think he might be a one and done. I think it's very likely. Um, he has become more and more of a strange, I don't want to use the word enigma again, but that's really how it feels. He's lying to like, he is just lying to people for no reason. He's super weird and uncomfortable in every video I've ever seen him in. Um, this team has very little talent. They suck. They just got a new GM. Kyler is coming off of a major injury and they're a shoe in to have the number one overall pick most likely. And if you, it's just, it's so often you see a team that gets the number one overall pick and they bring in a, a coach that's going to match up with the quarterback. But like everything about this screams Jonathan Gannon being one and done because I also just don't think he's a good coach. And I used to think he was at least a good enough personality that people would kind of, you know, he'd be a player's coach. But now I see these videos and he's a weird dude. Why is he going pow, 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 pow? Pew pew! Like what? Is, what is he doing? He is one of the aliens that they were telling us about. In yeah, <laughs> except like some circuit broke or something, and they forgot how to act as a human. Or like maybe Jonathan Gannon used to exist, and then he got taken over by a scroll as part of Marvel's. No, I said scroll. I'm not doing Skinwalkers. Scroll. It was part of Marvel Studios' marketing plan. Actually, is to replace oh. Jonathan Gannon with a scroll. Um, when do you get, think they reveal him as at the end of the season to get okay. uh yeah secret invasion some more uh okay. hype season you know two. a year later yeah yeah um i just think jonathan i i i'm sure i sound obsessive at this point <laughs> and honestly i don't care he's a loser he's really weird and i cannot wait to just really take in everything he does this season i really yeah. can't wait yeah, I feel like we're gonna get a lot of um memes out of him. Oh my god, yes. A lot of memes out of him. No doubt uh, in my mind. That was also my answer. Mine is just simply like how will he handle a roster that's so different than he had with the Eagles? There is so little talent on that roster. The defense ranked 31st last year. There's a hundred and ninety-two point decline in point differential. The offensive line had a really, really high cap hit last year and did not perform well. They only had a 35% third down conversion rate. It's just like there were, there's nothing there. So I could easily see him being one and done and being used as like just an interim head coach and just yep. calling him a head coach for now, but he's really the interim. Um, and I feel like I'm one year too early to put my NFC Arizona Cardinals storyline as Caleb Williams. You're probably a year too early. Yeah. Yeah. Most, most likely. <laughs> um, moving on. Yeah. The St. Louis Rams. Yes. I wish. No, the LA Rams. Um, yeah, for me, it's actually, it's, you know, we've talked about this before with head coaches when you kind of start to hear these rumors during the season and it's like, they're happening for a reason. And I want to know how long it's going to take until, because this team is probably going to be garbage. Uh, I want to know how long it's going to take until we start getting the Sean McVay retiring rumors. Uh, because we've gotten them like each of the last two seasons, really since they've won the Super Bowl. And I'm just very intrigued 
to see what happens with that because if I'm him, I would probably retire. Like I just his team is horrible. They they have no hope for the future. Like I I truly don't understand yeah. what. Oh, that was like a sold your soul to the devil. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Well, they sold their they sold their team. They didn't sell their soul. We sold our soul. Um, you know, checking in with the 76ers. Yep, James Harden just got fined a hundred thousand dollars for calling Daryl Morey a liar. Um, yep, we sold our soul and we know it uh, for one Super Bowl. But Sean McVay, I just I think it's coming closer and closer to reality because he can do exactly what John Gruden did which is retire, take a really cushy job for a crap ton of money to be really handsome on TV and make more money than he's probably making coaching. And then 10 years, 20 years down the line, when there's that one team that's like, oh, you've got that young quarterback, you've got weapons, you just need that head coach. And Sean McVay goes, sure, because he's going to get asked every offseason if he wants to come out of retirement to coach. He will have his literal pick of jobs. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of waiting to see what happens with that. Yeah, I agree. And he, he like never answers the question fully. Like he'll get asked that question every week. He's been asked that question weeks in a row and he's just like, eh, I don't know. Like he's never like, no, I'm, I'm all in, you know? And I mean, I don't blame him, but he never gives a solid no. So I agree with you. But for me, the big one is the health of the Rams. I mean, Stafford had a pretty gnarly injury at the end of last season with his back that, like, they didn't know if he was going to come back to play football with his back and neck. Cooper Cup got hurt. And even in camp, he's left with hamstring injuries. So for me, it's just, like, the health of what's left of that that core of that team. Um, And can they stay healthy? And if not, then what? Then many, many else on their in-loss record. Aaron Donald can only win you so many games. Yeah. And even he got hurt last last year, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So so then what? <laughs> like if you're relying on him to, to have to win you games and uh he has reaggravates an injury, then uh then what? Nothing good. No. You don't say. All right, the Niners. We talked about this earlier. I don't know if you want to. Why don't you first. tell me about the 49ers first? Well, the 49ers are based in San Francisco. Their okay, colors that's... are gold and red. It's like we know I'm dumb. So when I do it, like it's, we, we all expect a pity laugh for Michael. You're better than that, mm-hmm. Ashley. You're better than that. Right. So come on. I'm better than you? Wow. Yeah, um, I know what I said. Like, don't <laughs> sound shocked. There's a higher level of expectation for you. Oh, goodness. Okay, so for me, it's just how much of um, Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy's last season was a fluke. But the the bigger part for me is, sure, he, he was wonderful last season. But if it turns out to not be as good as they hoped, what happens then? Like, they, they drafted Trey Lance – they had all of the injuries. They are now putting all of their eggs in the Brock Purdy basket. What happens to morale and locker room and the organization as a whole to upper management and front front office staff if this doesn't work out? And you either, you know, if you trade Trey Lance, I think it's worse in a sense because, like, you you had a guy. Whether you believed in him or not, whatever, but you spent that capital on someone. Um, so I would just see how – roles would reverse and how all of the eyes would then be on front office staff and how they answer questions regarding their choices. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Trey Lance is the number one thing on my mind. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, do they trade him for me? Do they trade him? Who do they trade him to? Mm-hmm. Um, or do, do they keep him and they wait to see if Brock Purdy works out? And like, it's one of those situations where, yeah, Sam Darnold is the backup, but if Brock Purdy's out for six weeks, yeah, I'd like rather see what I have in Trey Lance than what yeah. I think I probably already know that I have in Sam Darnold. So, um, seeing ghosts, that's what you have. Yeah. Rip. <laughs> um, fun, fun story about that game. Uh, I was bullied in my family league, uh, my family fantasy league, mm-hmm. uh, out of playing Dak Prescott. I think it was Sunday night football. And I, I, 
I needed one point. I was like, oh, I'll just pick up another quarterback. The only other quarterback that was available was Sam Darnold on Monday Night Football. I needed one point. I said, fine. I'm only getting bullied because like, because I'm playing a cowboy, and I know that I'm going to be fine if I start literally any quarterback. Mm-hmm. Sam Darnold got like negative 0.5 points, and I lost. And my season spiraled from there. So that the whole ghost thing hurts me in a completely <laughs> different way. I just want everyone to know that. Um, yeah. Oh, so. boy. That's wild. Um, yep. Fun. All right. The Seahawks. Where do you Seattle see Seahawks. Seahawks? Yeah, I just want to know if Geno Smith is for real, if he can do it yeah. again. Um, it's, it's really that simple for me. I, they're, they're doing a great job of, I think, surrounding him with weapons, getting Jackson Smith and Jigba in the first round. Obviously, you know, he's dealing with that injury. Um, he's having surgery, uh, but they're expecting him back, if not by week one, not long after. Um, the defense is solid, getting Jamal Adams back. I mean, this team was good last year. You and I both had them, I think, mm-hmm. winning the division, if I'm if they I'm did, remembering yeah. correctly. Mm-hmm. And it really just comes down to, like, is Geno Smith going to revert? Like, was last year kind of what you said about Brock Party was last mm-hmm. year? Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. I'm tired today. Um, Is Brock Purdy? Nope. Is Geno Smith? <laughs> was, was last season just, oh, my God. You know, can you just finish for me and then... Was similar to Brock Purdy was Geno Smith's last season of fluke, and what can we expect to see out of him this year? Yeah, that that's all I'm interested with with the Seahawks. It's just that. <laughs> I can't that that yawn really threw you off. Um, mine's just keeping an eye on the people they added on defense. I'm really excited to, with like Devon Witherspoon, Bobby Wagner, Julian Love, Cam Young. They added some big names on that defense. Uh, they didn't rank too well last season, so. I'm just excited to see how how their defense adapts and, and the new people fit in. I'm so sorry if you're watching this and just seeing me yawn. I'm so tired. And I didn't realize like, it's hitting me right now. It's right I, now. Yeah. I play D&D with my family um, on <laughs> like, like the occasional Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. And it was like it was last night, last and night. it was a longer session. And I know I, you worked, I, and then had a draft, and then I have to, and I have to drive an hour to get there, so I didn't get home until like one. And then yeah, I had to work, then draft. I normally have a break before. Yeah, it's no one cares, but I'm so sorry. Um, it's really messing long me up. Long explanation for a young. Yeah. yeah, NFC North, uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, yes. Why don't Why don't you go first? No more Dalvin Cook. No more Adam Thielen. Who is Kirk Cousins going to rely on? That's pretty much it. Justin Jefferson is your answer, but um... <laughs> that's it. But I'm saying, you know, like we we talk a lot about having um, like stars at, at wide receiver. Like having Justin Jefferson is amazing, but Adam Thielen helped to relieve some of that pressure and was an out for him often when Justin yeah. Jefferson found himself in double coverage. So finding like having Adam Thielen even though he wasn't fantastic, like was good for Kirk and his reads and trying to draw people off of JJ. So it just, it changes the offense way more than, than just, you know, you still have Justin Jefferson. Yeah. I mean, I think the reality is, is it's TJ Hawkinson and Jordan Addison. Like yeah. that's what you're hoping it'll be. Yep. Um, and I think we saw that with TJ Hawkinson last year and it's going to be mm-hmm. a second year in the system, which is nice. You know, you kind of had that refresh, uh, the, you know, he had an introduction to it last season, and Jordan Addison will get better as the season goes on. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, for me, it's uh, I mean, it's partly Alexander Madison, uh, just because he's been the perpetual backup in that backfield yep. for what feels like legitimately 10 years. Yep. Uh, now he's finally going to get the chance to be the bell cow, and I think everyone's just intrigued to see how that goes. Um, he's been great in spot start duty over the past four years or so, um, and I just want to see what it's going to look like when he has the gig full time. And then uh, the other thing is the crash back to reality for the Vikings. I mean, mm-hmm. they were in so many yes. close games. They, they were the big, they, they had a negative, di- uh, negative mm-hmm. point differential and they won like what 12 games, 11 games or something like 90% of the game. That's I'm just, I don't have an actual stat, like came down to like the last play of the game. And they got blown up in the playoffs by the Giants, who got blown up in the playoffs by the Eagles. 
You don't have to go that far. I'll play the video if you want. No, please don't. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I want to see what they look like this season. I want to see if they crash back to reality or if maybe they just look more impressive. You know, both things are possible. Uh, just one is more expected, I think. So, yeah, yeah. that's all I got. And I also, I also think, I'm sure you'll point it out later, but they got blown up in the playoffs by the Giants, who also played in a lot of close games. So it's not yep. like they were like entirely outmatched. They had, they played against a team who matched up fairly well to them, who they had beat previously yep. and also played in many, many close games throughout the season. Yeah. So like, yeah, I don't, yeah. My point was, I don't think they lost to a particularly impressive team. Yeah. No, like I think the giants are fine. I know what you mean. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. The green Bay Packers. Uh, why don't you go first? Oh God. I didn't what did I even write there? Um, I guess I'll just say Jordan Love. And I'm really interested to see, like, now that they've drafted wide receivers, that was my favorite thing. Like, they finally started drafting wide receivers once uh, Aaron Rodgers left. And I guess just, like, I didn't write anything down, so now I'm just rambling. Uh, but Matt LaFleur without Aaron Rodgers. Because we think he's good. So just seeing, like, how his his style adapts without Aaron Rodgers. And seeing if it, how much of it was Aaron Rodgers and how much of it was Matt LaFleur. Yeah, I mean, of course, Aaron Rodgers, absolutely. Uh, but I want to see the ascent of Christian Watson. Um, he really, really started to show up last year, and he was very impressive. We already knew he was an athletic freak, but he started to show as last year progressed his ability to play the wide receiver position. Um, some people have made the argument that he made Trey Lance a first-round pick. They look more right as the days go on. Uh, but I'm, you know, I, I find myself drafting a lot of Christian Watson in fantasy football, and I find him to be an intriguing middle round sleeper because Jordan Love's going to need to throw the ball to someone. Mm -hmm. So, and he's got everything you could ask for physically. Yep. Um, on to the next, which is the Bears. For me, that is Justin Fields' progression with help. Obviously, with Chase Claypool, DJ Moore, Robert Tunyon. They have solidified or at least added some depth to that offensive line with guards and tackles. Just so excited for Justin Fields. And I was really happy with the way they handled the offseason this this past offseason. Actually, like the way you and I talk about how you should and people often don't when you have a young quarterback that you're trying to develop, that you're trying to make your franchise quarterback. You have to give them an offensive line. You have to give them weapons. And they did just that to the best of their ability. Like it's, it's not like it's a team full of ginormous superstars, but they, they added depth in places that needed depth. They added pass catchers, which is huge. And I'm just excited to see his progression now that he does have help. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's, I don't have a ton more to add. The most intriguing thing about the Bears is Justin Fields. Yep. It's. I mean, I love Always. DJ Moore. I think he's been one of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL for the past four seasons. Um, I think the world of his talent, and I think he's going to do wonders for Justin Fields. And if Justin Fields can just take a couple steps forward, then I think a year from now he's going to be in the conversation of, you know, what tier of quarterbacks is he in in the NFL and how high do we think we can put him? And he's just mm -hmm. going to move up those lists. So, um, yeah. you know, I'm not going full James Jones on this and saying that Justin Fields is already better than Jalen Hurts because, well, I'm not a moron. Uh, but I do think Justin Fields, I, I liked him coming out. I like him as an NFL prospect. Uh, so I would love to see him take a couple steps forward and really just show out this year. Mm -hmm. And um, where do you stand? What are you looking at for the Lions? Is this year they put it together? The last two years they have been the off-season darlings the yes. analytic pe analytics people's first love the um the, the consistent sleeper seventh round wild card team that everyone wants mm -hmm. to put in the playoffs because well, they just got those vibes they got talent the jared goff playing better than he's played in a long time and like mm -hmm. that's really great but they need to put it together an event like this will be the third year of people having them as a sleeper and it's like eventually you know you just do it or you don't and yeah um i am still angry at them for drafting jameer gibbs and a linebacker in the first round because they do so many other things they've done so many other things correctly and that is not correct um it's just not a good way to build a team we don't need to talk about that again no. but yeah I just I, I want to see them either put it together or we can just all collectively move on 
and decide that it's just uh, enough is enough. Yeah. Mine goes hand in hand with that. I think it's just with having a lot, a lot of eyes on you, a lot of hopes and dreams and a lot of predictions going your way. How well can you live up to it? And I'm phrasing a lot of that towards Jared Goff. Um, I know he has like been better, but just can he still carry this team on his shoulders as high as expectations are hoping? That's it. Wonderful. Amazing. Um, And finally, the big one, the NFC East. Do you want to start with Washington or the Cowboys? I mean, we only say the big one because we both happen to like teams that are in the NFC East and hate the other teams that are in the NFC East. But yeah, sure. Uh, Wait, sorry. Who am I starting with? Either pick your choice. Washington. I'm going to start with Washington because they're the most boring team. But uh, Tarek Biennemi. Um, So much hubbub has been made about him moving there, not getting head coaching jobs. Mm -hmm. Is he bad at interviewing? Does he have anything to do with the offense? Uh, Do his players even like him? All very confusing things. He said, all right. I'm just going to go be an offensive coordinator somewhere else and prove to mm-hmm. people that, well, he's going to prove one of two things, either that it was all in parts, you know, due to him, him or that yeah. nothing had, it had nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. And he chose to go to the most dysfunctional organization in football, uh, yeah. which is fun and great and a really good choice. Um, but We'll see. They've got some offensive pieces to work with in Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson, Chris Rodriguez, um, Logan Thomas, maybe back from the dead. Who knows? Curtis Samuel and then Sam Howell and an okay offensive line. But Mm -hmm. if if he does something good with this offense, he's going to be a head coach next year, I would assume, Mm -hmm. unless he's really that bad at interviewing. But um, I'm just... That's the experiment. That's maybe the one of two coaching hires that I'm most intrigued to see this year. Mm-hmm. I also think I'm, I'll go into mine and it, could, it ties into it. But there's a huge part here with him not having a head coaching gig. And it's if it wasn't him, why wasn't he hired? Right. Like, what was it? So it, if it wasn't him and it turns out like the players love him he's a really really good coach he's very involved in the offense then it's going to spark way deeper yep conversations about why was eric Bieniemy passed up all of these years and um, which those is conversations will be about the color of his skin yeah spoiler 100%, alert 100% um so especially with with a league that has a bad history with hiring minority coaches. So yep. that that's like a huge piece of the storyline there. But for me, that's part of it. Mine was just like the whole, which is a cop out, but it's the Eric Bieniemy thing. It's fan turnout and outlook after new ownership. And, and like, how long will the fans stay on board with this new ownership? I mean, you could see how much it's changed in like fan turnout for preseason games and training camp and how much more like involved they feel, but how long will they stay on board with that? And how long until they like turn on them? I know you're not a big fan of who purchased the commanders. Yeah, Josh Harris. I hate him with all of my body uh, because he's out here, you know. Um, he also owns the 76ers. Yeah. And with everything happened with the 76ers, he's just out here, you know, doing whatever the heck he wants. Just, you know, sorry, I'm pulling up a clip currently. That is why I'm I stalling and I'm looking distracted. Uh, but he is, you know, instead of handling the James Harden situation or, um, you know, caring about his other franchises, uh, most of which are rivals of Philadelphia teams that he also happens to own, which is just annoying. He's out here doing this, um, which is just really, really uncomfortably shaking Joe Buck's hand live on television. If you're not watching this and you haven't seen this clip somehow, uh, if you're just listening to the podcast, just search Josh Harris handshake on Twitter. Um, oh have you not God, seen this, Ashley? No. Oh, wow. Oh, it's wow. So we're getting a full live reaction from Ashley here. We've now watched it two times. We're going to watch it the third time. Joe Buck, he's talking with his hands. Josh Harris sees the hand, says, yep, time to shake it but couldn't possibly have done it more awkward. Troy Aikman's face also hysterical. He is like, what the hell did this guy just do? Why is he in our booth? Um, he started to play his hand too. He went in for it way too late. Oh yeah. It was, 
and then just put his hands on his hips very uncomfortably. Like it's just God dang. I I I kid you not. When I first oh saw that, because of course God. it was everywhere on Sixers Twitter, obviously. I know. Um, it was everywhere on Six, Sixers Twitter, of course, because we all need oh something to make us happy. Um, I kid you not, I watched it at least 20 times. I watched so it 20 much times. To in unpack there. It's so uncomfortable. There's like 10 it, different things you could look at. Like, we've all done it. I've yeah, never seen 100%. one be that uncomfortable. Um, that was, and I love, was I love, like, the, the worst the thing clap I've ever seen. Right before he does it, right? The worst thing I've ever seen, the worst thing I've ever experienced as a human, I think. Um, oh really hated God. it. Really just don't like Josh Harris. Um, I would like to buy the team from him, but I have no money. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. anyway, the last bit of my thing was just the new ownership, the development of Sam Howell. I think bad teams are inherently interesting because there's like nowhere else to go but to look at like everything and be like maybe there's some hope here somewhere so i think bad teams are interesting and i'm i'm just intrigued with how the new ownership reflects on the commanders as a whole there you go yeah. um i'm gonna go to the cowboys next and talk okay. about one of the other two coaching hires that i'm most intrigued to see kind of on the other side though uh, and it's the loss of kellen moore the hiring of brian schottenheimer a longtime nfl offensive coordinator with a long time history of not being a good nfl offensive coordinator um if you need the cowboys to, if, no just look up the stats seriously go look up his offensive rankings they are bad with like one or two exceptions in there they are just very consistently not good um but really, what is this offense going to look like without Kellen Moore? It's been Kellen Moore's offense since the moment that Mike McCarthy was hired. Uh, so I'm just very intrigued to see, you know, what yeah. does this Mike McCarthy offense look like with Brian Schottenheimer uh, right there with him? You don't have Zeke anymore. Um, yeah, just, again, very excited to see that offense unfold because I think it's going to be closer to a disaster than a positive change. And if it is a disaster, is it finally time to blame Mike McCarthy? You say finally, like he's been there like 30 years. No, I know. But they, like, it, no, if, like if it does sometimes feel like he was there as long as Jason really Garrett. Does. It really um, does. But it's, he's been there like three years. Yeah. Um, and but it's I never think, his fault. So, yeah, da there was a clip that Dak had said, like, quote, it's definitely got some West Coast principles, but it has a little bit of what we've done in the past, and it's just marrying them together with a lot of detail into a system that's not out there. Whenever someone says they're, like, heavily involved in a system, they're just, like, just creating, I get a little weary of it. But without Kellen Moore there, with hiring an offensive coordinator who doesn't have the best track record, where does this put Mike McCarthy's seat? Because you and I have mentioned that we thought his seat was getting warm and they had a couple scapegoats trying out new things, but does this put him in hot seat contention? And yeah. just like my other B storyline is like, can Dak show up in the big moments? Cause personally no. I feel like he hasn't. And he hasn't. I want to see if he, if he can do that. He hasn't. I don't care what his record against the NFC says. I really don't. Yep. Because guess what? It doesn't matter. So, yes, yeah, Cowboys. Um, all right, the New York Football Giants. You changed the order, okay? Um, well, look, save the best for last, Ashley. You changed. I put it that way specifically to see if you were going to change it. You Was did. there ever any doubt? <laughs> no. I don't hide who I am. Okay, you I'm want very me to go forward or you about go that. First? Uh, I'll go first. You can, okay. you can go second for the, the New York football giants. Okay. Um, yeah, Daniel Jones, he got paid and now there's more expectations mm -hmm. there. They got Darren Waller, which by the way, I think is, I, I truly believe is the most overhyped acquisition of this entire off season. And I'm so annoyed by, it. I'm so sick of I it. This dude has had one good season. People are so excited about him because of a season that happened three years ago. If you ask, like, the, no, but like, if you ask, like, a, a, a casual NFL fan, like, who are the top three tight ends? You say Travis top four. Kels, it's if you're Travis, a casual, Kelsey, Travis Mark Kelsey, Andrews, Mark Andrews, Darren, George Waller. Kittle, and Darren Waller. Mm -hmm. Depending on, you know, two through three is a mix of those ones that aren't mm -hmm. Travis Kelsey. You're just wrong. You're just wrong. Like, Darren, I'm just, I'm so annoyed. It, it's very frustrating because he's not even the best tight end in the division. It's just, 
He's, he's, he's not. He's not. It, it, it's annoying. Um, but somehow that's going a tight end when on a team with 30,000 slot receivers is somehow going to unlock the offense. No, 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 it's it's not. I'm, I'm so annoyed. And it's not even because I don't like the Giants. I just hate people. I know. And, I just don't have anything else to add because we've had this exact rant on the show I, and off the show like and four because times. It, because no one shut up about it since. They keep talking about it. Dan, I, I think Daniel Jones, we're going to see a reversion back to what he was prior to Brian Dable. Better, but he's going to start turning the ball over or it's going to be a dink and dunk offense again. I don't think there's like, I don't think there's another option. I, I It's too late in his career for me to see a Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen type leap. We know who Daniel Jones is, and apparently he's a $40 million per year quarterback, but to each their own, I guess. Fine. Sorry. My... I really I really didn't go into that with the intention of just trashing your team. I I just I got yeah, myself I'm just, up. I'm What's annoying me is it's the same rant that we've had about the Giants for like four weeks. Because it's the offseason. <laughs> and here's the thing. As soon as the season starts, and I'm right, Wrong. you'll hear it every week, but it'll be shorter. Okay. It'll just and how be like, much airtime do I get if um if none. you're wrong? Oh, how much airtime do you get? Yeah, if you're wrong. Oh, I don't care. Okay. What do you mean? We both have equal airtime. I don't take you off the show. Okay, I'm just saying the rants. Like, I'm gonna I'll go on rants how you were wrong. Okay, it's not airtime. <laughs> we we're having a conversation. Okay. You can rant as much as you want. Go ahead, trash the Eagles. Like, what are you going to say? Darn those guys. We're not there yet. Two great players in the first round. Gosh darn it. Okay. My big storyline, I have like a hundred I could go off of, but my biggest one is that offensive line. Um, They're struggling in camp, which is not a huge surprise. The only one on the interior offensive line who has like solidified their starting position is rookie center, John Michael Schmitz. You and I have said that's such a New York name. Um, John Michael Smiths. Um, But yeah, like Josh Azudu is still competing with Ben Bredesen. Ben Ben Bredesen has been taking first team reps. Um, But like Azudu is competing for that job. There's just way too much up in the air for to be comfortable with the offensive line right now. And Daniel Jones has adapted a bit to having a bad offensive line, but it that's not good. No, it's it, I, you never want to see that. It doesn't matter how good your quarterback is with a bad offensive line. Um, this team needs a better offensive line for Saquon Barkley to work, for Daniel Jones to be better, especially when there's so many slot receivers. So I really hope they can solidify the offensive line and not have to like plug and chug like they have in previous years through that offensive line. I want to see some progression and solidification of that offensive line. Fair enough. Yay. All right. The Eagles. Mine. There's a good one. And there's like, like a one that there was a bug. Um, there was a, a good one. And I guess that will be like all the talk currently about Jalen Carter and defensive rookie of the year. Just keeping an eye on that. But the one for me, which you're going to dispute, I'm sure, is just looking at how well the team adapts to the changes they lost both of their coordinators and obviously coming off of a Super Bowl loss puts a bit of a chip on your shoulder, but also a sour taste in your mouth. So just how well they're going to hold up. It, it's a very well-built roster with guys who seem resilient. I'm, I can be nice, um, but just well, seeing to be fair, our teams are in very different positions, um, seeing how well they can recover from the Super Bowl loss. And even if it was lost, do they still have a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover and how they adapt with two new coordinators with a team that's pretty much the same. Yeah, and I don't disagree with any of that. Yeah. You said that I would disagree. I don't disagree. I think that's all very valid. They lost both their coordinators. Yeah. I mean, you look at the defense, like, I'm glad Jonathan Gannon is gone. Yeah. It doesn't mean Sean Desai is going to be better. We don't know Mm -hmm. that, but I'm just happy that it's anyone but Jonathan Gannon. On offense, I think Shane Steichen is a massive loss. He his mm-hmm. play calling was incredible last season, and he just he knew how, what dials to turn when and what buttons to push. He mm-hmm. was fantastic. Um, and Brian Johnson is unproven in that. Um, so and I think I, that goes hand in hand with like the development 
of Jalen Hurts and how involved we talked about this with Anthony Richardson and how involved Shane Steichen was and like having that connection with someone you helped develop and and who developed you, how that will affect Jalen Hurts. Um, If there's still progression to be made, how well he does that with a new coordinator or if there's any sort of regression trying to learn. with. Well, so the new coordinator is the guy who was his quarterbacks coach. Okay. I, I totally didn't it was it was an internal hire yeah. and also he's known him since high school honestly didn't even know his name brian johnson okay also known as the head uh, lead singer of well the second lead singer of acdc okay. and my childhood best friend from preschool but he spells brian differently but that's okay. beside the point i know too many brian johnsons it's kind of weird very weird but um yeah no i mean i i agree with everything you said for the most part like there's not a lot like I listen to a lot of Eagles podcasts and unfortunately when you do have the season that we have, you have the off season that you have, like there's not a lot to pick apart. So you have to hyper focus on the things that are changing and the coordinators mm-hmm. are the biggest thing. Um, the overall, I mean, you lost Javon Hargrave who was a 10 sack defensive tackle and yeah, you added Jalen Carter and that's probably my biggest thing is Jalen Carter. Um, it's really, you know, it's all, it's a bunch of collection of rookies and young players on the, on the defense, especially because um, they're going to have a lot of starters that are first or second year players. Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, um, Christian Ellis is probably going to get a decent amount of steps. He's an undrafted free agent linebacker from last year. Or it might be a couple years ago, um, but Reed Blankenship, undrafted rookie last year. Sidney Brown, third round pick this year. Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith. Um, just a ton of guys um, that are going to get meaningful snaps on this team, and that's not a guaranteed going-to-work thing. So Uh um, the defense is scary. Um, It it definitely is, but it also has the upside to be really nasty because Uh I don't know if you've been reading about the Jalen Carter stuff out of camp, but apparently he is a grown man, and the league is going to regret letting him drop to nine. We knew that the second he dropped tonight. Yeah. You weren't on when we were on the live stream. You I know, but I got on for the Nolan Smith pick, I and you literally were you were literally screamed about both of them. I was so pissed. Like, I was there for you. the Nolan Smith part. <laughs> I was there for I was the Nolan Smith part. mad at you. I mean, only person I could take it out on. I know. I got there, and like everyone was drunk except for me. And I was just not like, me. I was just giddy. I was drunk on love. Isn't that like a Rihanna song? Maybe Beyonce? Drunk in Love? Beyonce is Drunk in Love. Okay, yeah, there we go. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's. The, I think the coordinators are the biggest thing for the Eagles. I, I agree a thousand percent. Um, also, the special teams. This is so stupid, but as an Eagles player, if I was to be honest about my most concerned thing, like the thing I'm most concerned about, it's the punter position. I And I mean that earnestly. I have been paying closer attention to the oh punting the punting uh, competition this offseason than I ever have. Uh, and we just cut a punter, Ty Zetner, undrafted rookie. Um, we cut him because he wasn't very good. And now we have Aaron Sipos again, who had one punt in the Super Bowl. He blew it. He had one punt in the Buccaneers game the year before in that way lost in the playoffs. He blew it. Um, he's proven just to not be good in the postseason for whatever reason. Uh, and he hasn't been impressive this camp. So I want Howie to find a new punter. And that it's is like legitimately really my number one concern. It's like really easy to laugh about that concern. But then like you really think about it. And it's like that's so important. It's big because like it, so it's just it's also like I'm not going to say the Eagles have always had good punters because we haven't. But like when we won the Super Bowl, a very underrated part of that team is Donnie Jones, mm-hmm. who if you're an Eagles fan, like. Donnie Bag of Bones Jones, like he's he's a dude. Like if I show you a picture of the way he dressed for the the parade, man, you're like that's not a punter. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's him, like that kind of shit. Um, we don't have that. Mm-hmm. We have Aaron Sipas, who's not very good. So like it's just you put a good punter there, and it's like all right. I don't I don't know where the hole is, but right now the hole is punter. So that is my number one concern. I don't know if it's my number one storyline, but you kind of stole the best storyline for sure. So, yeah. Um, Well, that about wraps it up. Those are our entire storylines for the NFL. I'm sure we'll. Those are our entire storylines. To follow. Yeah, that wasn't really a well made sentence. I apologize. (laughs) 
Now I'm getting a wave of being tired. Um, I'm sure we'll check back in on these throughout the uh, the season. Oh. Come back, see how we were. But Duncan, where can we find you in the meantime? You can find me uh, watching the Eagles third stringers uh, competing against the Colts third stringers tomorrow night. I will be at the game uh, doing some live. Yes. Doing some live reacting to the Eagles third stringers. That's all I got. Oh, and you can find me on Twitter at MB Duncan 75 and everywhere else. Also at MB Duncan 75. And yeah, I'll talk about it everywhere else. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Ashley underscore Marie with two A's and Ashley. You can find me, Duncan, the entire Undroppables crew on our exclusive Discord channels, which you can get access to by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash the Undroppables. That's huge to be a part of as the season starts. If you're into fantasy, sports betting, or if you just want to chat with me and Duncan, um, you can find Duncan and I live. I don't want to chat with us. I know. Which uh, really just means find... I don't want to talk to you, to be clear. Yeah, that, yeah I, I got that. So sweet. You could find us live every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We hope to see you next week. We hope you enjoy this week of preseason football and get ready for the season coming up shortly. Have a great night, everyone. Go, birds. Bye.